get this shit? We play the game and then we won it. I kicked it for everyone's legs. Oh, nice. Yeah. The kids edition. With Max Becker and Ellie Blackburn. Yes, that's right. Welcome back to the kids edition. It's been a huge weekend in footy. The Tigers getting it done and back in fashion. The return of Jason Horn Francis was made sweet revenge against North Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs get it done in a Saturday night classic against the Blues. Joining me, as per usual, on a Sunday morning at this time is Western Bulldogs AFLW star Ali Blackburn. Ali, it's great to see you this morning. How are you? Good morning, Max. It's uh, good to be here. I'm, I'm great. I mean, it's the Bulldogs got a, a great win last night and played a phenomenal final quarter, so... I'm definitely up and about. So any Doggies fans out there or any footy fans, give us a call on one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You can have a chat to us about the footy, any of your favourite players, favourite goals kicked, marked, or if you're on your way to Auskick even, give us a call and have a chat to us about your Auskick or local footy on one three hundred seven three six seven three six max. But it was an exciting weekend of footy. Yeah, it really was. It was incredible. So that's one three hundred seven three six. 736. If you're the first caller, I'll even give you a free Kids Edition or Sporting Max t-shirt. So get your calls coming through on 1300 736 736. Ali, I want to get into Richmond and Geelong on Friday night. Geelong started off well. Richmond, obviously too good. Dusty doing what Dusty does in Dusty fashion with four goals, a couple late in that last quarter to steer the Tigers home. Yeah, I, I thought Richmond got off to a really good start. Geelong in the second crawled their way into the game. I mean, they weren't... No- out of it in that first quarter, but I thought they played a dominant second quarter, but just couldn't put it on the scoreboard throughout. And then Richmond, the old timers went to work. Cochin <laughs> got a few goals. Uh, Martin went to work. It was great to see um, these guys sort of play at, at a real good level. Um, it was a bit nostalgic almost for some of the Tiger supporters out there of their premiership years to, to see these guys go to work, but really liked the game of Rioli and Short as well. Thought they were huge for the Tigers. The Tigers' supporters not only look more engaged, but Dusty, he looks more engaged. You could see it in the post-game interview and throughout the game. He looked more engaged in what he was doing on the ground. Yeah, he looks like he's enjoying his footy. He's playing a different role to what he was, obviously, in those premiership years. And, and I think he's he's playing it extremely well. It's Dusty. I mean, he's an incredible footballer, but <laughs> he genuinely looks like he's enjoying his footy and, and having some fun out there, So, which is the main part and element. And, and I think that then transfers into playing some really good footy as well. And I think we saw that on Friday night. So second game it was on Friday night, the Battle of the Coast uh, over at Optus Stadium, Gold Coast obviously, getting that job done in a demolition of West Coast by 73 points. Liam Duggan with 32 disposals. Matty Rao with 29. Ben King kicked four goals. And James Itzis with two goals. But the Battle of Coast of the Coast went to the Gold Coast, who took out the second quarter with a charge. I believe they had five early goals in that second quarter to kickstart it off. More injuries uh, on that front for West Coast with Jack Darling, West Coast standing. Darling out with a fractured left forearm, sideline for a period of time to be confirmed with the specialist and then a time frame and rehabilitation from there. They cannot catch a break on the injury front, can they, West Coast? I feel for them in that element. It's it's really difficult time when you're just getting injury after injury every single week, and that's what's happening to them, which is really unfortunate. But a real credit to Oscar Allen as well. He, he's been able to kick goals consecutively for, for the Eagles, and uh, he did it again on Friday night, being able to kick a couple of goals himself. But Ben, um, sorry, yeah, ben King being able to kick four goals. And, and Matty Rao just 
being able to hit the scoreboard as well. That's sort of mm-hmm. something he hasn't been able to do in, over this season as such. So it was good to see him hit the scoreboard um, and, and play a really strong performance. There was a lot of talk amongst the programs on SEN that Noah Anderson's the next star emerging midfielder this season, potentially within the next five rounds. Yeah, he's a, he's an absolute gun of a footballer. Um, and, and, and those sort of players now that was in his draft year – um, it's sort of coming to work and and coming to the forefront of of everyone um, in in their teams because they're playing such good footy at the moment. Those guys and and coming into sort of like a peakish yep. or early peakish performance. Yep. Um, but he he was great again. He had the twenty seven touches on on Friday night. But he's a he's a really good footballer. The way he reads the play and then his ability to hit the scoreboard as well. They're the impact midfielders. You know, you see the likes of a Lockie Neal, Bontem Pally doing it more so now. Um, it's, it's great to see those players sort of, and that's what sets them apart. Yeah, absolutely. Ali, Sydney and Frio. Frio get the job done by 17 points. Errol Goulden for the Swans with 39 touches and two goals. Caleb Sarong and 33 disposals. Lockie Schultz with four goals. And Luke Jackson is back in stunning form with three goals and 17 touches. He was, for me, the best player on ground at the SCG. It's their first win in New South Wales since 2011 for Frio. Oh wow! I didn't actually realise it was that long uh, for him. But uh, again, I'm I'm really liking how Luke Jackson is finding his feet a bit more now for Fremantle, and you're starting to see it a little bit more, aren't we? Him and in Ryan doing their combination ruck forward, and I think it's working extremely well between them. And it's almost a, yeah. a scary front for opposition teams being able to to have a look at that and and how do you match that? How do you sort of work towards that? We're seeing it at Melbourne as well between. Um, Gorn and Grundy as well, so it's a it's a, a it's scary when you're coming up yeah. against these guys as an opposition. <laughs> but a huge win for Fremantle, a really important win in in the likes of their season as well. You talk about Luke Jackson, and I mean, I state that he's back in form, but he wasn't really ever out of form. <laughs> he he's been extremely consistent, although not a lot of people, and he hasn't been highly spoken about or regarded in that sense over the first nine weeks of the season. He's only just being spoken about within rounds eight and nine because he's kicked a couple of goals, but he's been extremely consistent getting there in the ruck and putting forward 50 pressure on. Yeah, he has been. And I, I don't know if the expectation was a bit high for him uh, coming into Fremantle and sort of him making a really big change, but those things take time. It's not going to happen in, you know, they might have a really good game in the first couple of, of rounds and then, sort of have to find their feet and and then they hit some consistent form after that and that might be a thing that's happening. But I think he's been a, a really um, solid and, and consistent player, like you mentioned, Max, and his ability, again, to, to hit the scoreboard um, was really important for, for the Dockers. North Melbourne and Port Adelaide, Zach Butters with 32 disposals, LDU, Luke Davies, Uniac with 29 touches, Nick Larkey, four goals, and Jeremy Finlayson, the absolute superstar with three goals. It was a sweet return, though, against North Melbourne for Jason Horn-Francis as they dominated North by 70 points, and Horn-Francis with 17 touches and one disposal, while the booze still continued <laughs> in Hobart. Yeah. Sorry, well, in Launceston at Utah Stadium. Well... It's North Melbourne. It's his opposition. It's his uh, team that he left. So in in Ho- in Launceston, there's still North it's supporters he- down there. <laughs> there's still North supporters that that go to that game. So it's it's the one game that you almost excuse it yeah. for because it's the opposition. Not that I necessarily agree with booing in general. It's it's not a thing that I do or am for in in, in a sense of the game. 
But it's what happens when a player leaves a club for whatever reason it might be. It 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 happens. It's it's yeah. been a part of footy for a long time now, I believe, and rightfully or wrongfully that it happens. But it it's probably the one game that you like expect it to happen as yeah. such. So you almost excuse it, but you hope it doesn't happen from here on in for, for Horn Francis. Jason Horn Francis did an extremely great job yesterday um, of standing up to the boos and performing consistently across uh, the majority of that match. Jeremy Finlayson was incredible with his um, aerobic capacity and aerial ability yesterday, though, Ali. Yeah, he is. If only he kicked a, a couple more goals. He had the three goals, five um, <laughs> in the in the game yesterday. But I mean, he's been he's been a great player for for Port this season. His influence and impact on games has been huge. And mm-hmm. and what a what a great win it it was for him. And, and any callers out there, any listeners out there, give us a call on one three hundred seven three six seven three six, and you can have a chat to us about any of the games this weekend and what your thoughts are on it. Hawthorne and. The Melbourne Dees, usually it's a bloodbath between these two sides, but Melbourne get the job done by 54 points in superb fashion. Clayton Oliver start with 34 touches, and Jack Viney also with 31 touches. Spargo had two goals, and Harrison Petty has gone forward this year and provided Melbourne a huge spark. Melbourne dominating, obviously, the first half that proved the deciding factor in that match against the Hawks. Melbourne scores from intercept possession was 80 points yesterday, which is their most... Uh, in this match this year, and Harrison Petty's been great going forward for the D's this year. Yeah, he has been, and I mean, it's just Melbourne are a really good side, and it, I think it's really tough from a, a Hawthorne point of view when you're coming up against a, a really strong team that's in some really good form at the moment, and and they've got some absolute superstars in their side. I mean, Clayton Oliver, he he gets, he's just a. A, a real consistent gun, yep. to be honest, to put it bluntly. He's, <laughs> he's a super player um, and, and his ability to just continually get get a, get a, a good impact on a game is um, really impressive to watch. And he's hitting the scoreboard as well. So between him and Viney yesterday, I thought they were outstanding. Brisbane and Essendon. Brisbane win that one by 42 points. Although Essendon put up a consistent performance in that first half. Brisbane just climbed it back in the second half with their full 50 line uh, coming together through the likes of Joe Danaher, who had six goals, and Lockie Neal had 34 disposals. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a, a good performance for a certain period of time for for the Bombers, but like Brisbane have been doing of late, they're, they're in some great form, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They're able to run away with that. Danaher just... He's again six goals. He can he can put it on. The one thing that Essendon would be really pleased with was McGrath's role on Cameron. He was able to take him out of the game. He didn't really have an impact or influence on this on this contest, which is probably a positive sign for for Essendon and even somewhat a positive sign for Brisbane that they were yep. able to to have a really strong win without him having to have too much of an influence or impact on the game. Max. Yep. Now Carlton and the Western Bulldogs. Carlton did lead by sorry a bit in that last quarter. It was very back and forth on an arm wrestle um, of a last term in terms of footy context. Western Bulldogs get the job done by 20, extending the lead within the last two minutes of the game. Bailey Smith, though, had a quiet 30 disposals. Anthony Scott had three goals. Matty Owies for the Blues had three goals. He's like a little Jack Higgins. That that man <laughs> is with his forward 50 pressure and attack. But it's where the Bulldogs reign supreme and Artie Jones kicked the sealer. He did, Artie. It was um, great to witness sort of him like 
put that goal in. It was a pressure moment for him and, and he had to kick it. Um, there were a lot of pressure moments in that last oh, quarter, though. There was. There was heaps. I mean, there was a, a great contest. I mean, Bulldogs getting out to a lead. Carlton being able to fight that back. I think it got out to six goals at one stage. And and Carlton being able to fight that. And then it was goal for goal there for a bit in that last quarter, which it was so exciting to watch. Yep. It was, it was yep. a great game of footy. And then Bulldogs, through the likes of Artie Jones, being able to kick that goal. Um, after Kerno had kicked a massive goal as well for the Blues. And then it kind of just got piled on from there from a from a Bulldogs perspective. I mean, personally, love watching it. It was great to witness. But it was a great contest um, there. And Dogs would be really happy with that one, Max. So where do you go here from now for the Blues? I mean, you're not looking in great form. Yesterday they showed a bit of consistency throughout that last quarter. But for the majority of the three quarters, it was very lacklustre and inconsistent from Carlton. Yeah, it was a bit. They'd be pretty disappointed that they weren't able to finish off that game that the way they would have liked. And and the start as well, allowing that lead to get out to what it was would be pretty disappointing from their point of view. They're still in the eight. They're still in a touch of the eight, um, you know, pending results today as well. They might get bumped out of there. But for now, they're still in there. So, you know, you, you can't look too far ahead and, and sort of be too disappointed with with what's happened so far in this season from a Carlton perspective. But, I mean, there's plenty of work to do there. Got to be a, a more of a consistent four-quarter performance is something that they've probably got to look to achieve in, um, in the coming rounds. We speak about Artie Jones's goal, and he was superb in that last quarter. We spoke about it just before, Ali, and this is how our team at AFL Nation called it. Um, Marble Stadium's packed. It is rocking. Blues fans in. Ball in the centre of the ground. Doherty went for the toe poke. Smith... High up and under ball inside 50. People flew. Artie Jones can run in and snap around the corner for another goal for the Dogs. It's goal for goal. Amazing stuff. What a game. What a finish from Artie Jones. An exciting player. And the Dogs get the instant reply. Set about's goal, raining goals. We, we, no team could kick a goal in the first half yeah. of this game. The Blues had their hands on this ball. Doherty was just dragged off it, and Bailey Smith won. It wasn't dissimilar to... Called superbly by our team at AFL Nation and Kane Corns Alley. Yeah, it was. What a great call that was. I mean, I'm hyped up again from listening to that, Max. So... Another great moment uh, in footy on the last night's game. If you're a Dogs fan, love Artie Jones. I know all Dogs fans will be loving what that man's doing at the moment. Give us a call. one 736 736 We've got the assistant coach of the Brisbane Lions, Ben Hudson, right after this. The kids' edition. We played a game and then we won it. I kicked it for everyone's legs. Oh, nice year. The Kids Edition. With Max Becker and Ellie Blackburn. Back to the Kids Edition. Right now on the line we have Brisbane Lions assistant coach coming off a great win last night. Ben Hudson. Ben, it's great to have you on the show. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thanks, Max. Yourself? Yeah, I'm pretty good. You would have been extremely happy with how the guys went last night, I assume? Uh, yeah, it was. It was a good, uh, it was a solid hit, I suppose, at half time. The boys would have gone into the rooms and had to adjust a few things. I think the Bombers were, were really uh, red-hot on it at the start and a little bit undermanned, but they they certainly went through us. And, yeah, we had to adjust a, a couple of things at, at half-time and then yeah, we had a fairly solid third quarter and that sort of set us up. What adjustments do you think were made throughout that ruck and midfield portion of the ground to concede and 
be able to adjust those uh, obviously and rectify those issues for the second half? Uh, I think uh, Essendon's ability, they play sort of a spare behind the ball, uh, which probably throughout the game sort of uh, they were able to stifle a little bit of our attack. I think the um, yeah the midfield and, and the quality midfield both teams, and I think we were just able to get on top at, at times in, in crucial periods, especially in that second half. But yeah, it just goes back to winning the ball at the contest and then obviously using it going forward and obviously avoiding their, their spare behind the ball. Speaking of quality in um, midfield, Ben, you've been able to add Josh Dunkley into the mix of it. This season, you've already got the likes of a, a Lockie Neal in there at the moment. I mean, what value has he added to the side this season? Oh, I think sort of the things that, and everyone that watches Josh play, his attack on the ball, his defensive elements has really um, added something to our, our team. Um, and I suppose when you see someone do something like that, oh, I think it inspires the fellow teammates to do it. So I think defensively as a whole, um, we've improved and I, I think Josh has played a pretty big part in that as well as the, the coaches making a focus but I, I think Josh's intent to defend which is somewhat rare these, well I shouldn't say rare uh, he's yeah he, he thrives on it but he's a tackling machine and, and he does all those little things that I suppose uh, young coaches and young players should look at as an inspiring act. Ben you're incredibly open uh, in your coaching philosophy and having an open mind can you tell us a bit about where that philosophy stems from? Uh, well, my mother would say it's from a good education. Uh, um, I went to school uh, and university before I sort of played footy. Uh, so as most people in life, I, I've had a real job. That was a while ago as a physio and whatnot. And then I suppose as I played footy, I, I sort of developed a passion for coaching. Uh, had you asked me when I first walked in the door at Adelaide, would I be a coach when I was a 25-year-old draftee, I would have told you you're crazy. But I think it's something I've learned to, well, I've fallen in love with. Uh, yeah, I suppose, yeah, I do it slightly a little bit different than a few, but, mate, I enjoy it. Uh, and it's a great job to have. It's I equate it to going to school with all your best mates. Uh, now I'm a little bit older. I'm not the mature age student, but uh, I get to uh, coach these young guys. Uh, and as you can see at the Brisbane Lions, are We've got you know some talent, but we've also got some really uh, young, uh, inspiring young men looking to improve. And from a, a coaching perspective as well, Ben, what's it like to learn off the likes of someone like Chris Fagan as well um, at the helm? Uh, Fags has been awesome. Uh, Fags' sort of journey through footy is is well documented. I think he started back in back in the. Uh, Back in the old days at Tasmania, moved to Melbourne and, and has had a, a plethora of different jobs from footy manager to reserves coach all the way up to, to now, you know, coaching a, a quality side in Brisbane Lions. And, yeah, I think his ability to, to manage people is probably his biggest strength. And he also gives everyone, uh, you know, a set vision to aim for, but it gives us as coaches uh, autonomy and, and freedom to, to express ourselves as well. How's that autonomy and freedom been able to you to do your best work throughout the ruck and midfield? Uh, I think it's uh, well. You sort of work with you. I mean, we've got some pretty good rucks in Darcy Fort and Big O and, and Henry Smith coming through. You sort of use them as yeah. Well, I tell folks it's the hardest job in the world, but I might be adding a bit of mayo to it as a ruckman. But um, I, I think it's just that ability. These guys are playing. I haven't played now for ten years, so I can. 
it's happening, but but getting that feedback from the, the players out there, they're the ones playing it, and the game is, you know, the athletes now are so much fitter and stronger back in compared to uh, a few of us uh, in the early years. So their ability to do things is, is improved, and sort of they teach me along the way. I'll give them a little bit of advice. <laughs> and speaking of your your playing career there, Ben, how has that allowed you to transition now into a, a coaching role? <laughs> Good question. Uh, for those of you out there, I played for a few different teams, so I've attended a few different uh, uh, inside a few different four walls of footy clubs. So I think that experience has sort of helped mould some of my philosophies there. But also, yeah, ultimately, uh, if you're having and you're all aiming towards a, a set goal. She's probably the best job in the world to have. Ben, thanks so much for joining us here on the Kids Edition this morning. It's been an absolute honour to have you on. Enjoy the rest of uh, Mother's Day. Nah, I will. It reminds me of have rung my mum. I'll give her another call. She's probably sleeping <laughs> in. <laughs> Absolutely. Ben Hudson, assistant coach of the Brisbane Lions. Yeah, it's great to have people um, from within the AFL on the show. If you want to jump on the Kids Edition, though, talk about any footy over the weekend, if you're playing a match today, this morning or later today, or your team had a good win over the last few days of footy, give us a call on one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you're a mother, happy Mother's Day. We hope you have a great day. We'll be right back after this on the Kids Edition. The Kids Edition. We played a game and then we won it. I kicked it for everyone's legs. Oh, that's it. The Kids Edition. With Max Becker and Ellie Blackburn. Yes, that's right. Welcome back to the Kids Edition. Ready on on the line, we have Adam, who's eight years old and wants to chat a bit of footy. Good morning, Adam. How are you? Good morning. Who do you go for in the footy, Adam? The dogs. The dogs. Oh, you'd be very happy with their win last night, wouldn't you? Yeah. What did you think of the win, Adam? Was it really good? Were you excited watching it? Yeah, but also very nervous. Very nervous. Who's your favourite player for the dogs, Adam? Caleb Daniel. What do you like most about Caleb Daniel? He's kicking. It's a very good thing. He's a very good kick of the footy, Adam. Do you play footy yourself? Yes, I do. Who do you play for? I play for the Henley Sharks and I'm driving right now to their oval. Oh, beautiful. That's awesome, Adam. What time's your game at? Eight thirty. Oh, awesome! So you're uh, you're about to start. What position do you play? Um, all positions. All positions, beautiful. That's so great to hear. Do you love kicking a couple of goals? Do you? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. What's your favourite thing about playing footy? I don't know. <laughs> is it the tackling? Is it getting to play with your mates? Is it kicking goals? Yeah, it would probably be playing with my mate. Do you have a yeah. couple of friends who you play with that you can give a bit of a shout out to? Yeah, mostly I play with some friends from my school. Oh, very good, Adam. Well, hopefully the doggies can keep on winning um, and you can keep cheering them on and hopefully you get a win today in, in your game. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks for giving us the call, Adam. It was great to chat to you. Good luck for your game today for the Sharks. Thank you. Have a great day. Oh, you too, you. Adam. Make sure you uh, spoil your mum on Mother's Day if um, her or dad's 
taking you to footy this morning. If you're on the way to footy like Adam, give us a call, one 736 We've got AJ, who's seven years old. Good morning, AJ. How are you? Good. Good. Who do you go for in the footy? Saints. The Sainers. Who are you most looking forward to to watching in the Saints today? Sinclair. Jack Sinclair. Or oh, why do you like Jack Sinclair? Yeah. What do you like? What do you like about him? He always marks the ball. He always marks the ball. He's got a milestone game today as well, Jack Sinclair, doesn't he, Max? Yeah, he's got 150 games today. AJ, do you think the Saints will get the win? Yes. Yeah, I hear you've got soccer this morning. What time's that at? 11.30. 11.30, beautiful. I heard you're a bit of a gun out on the soccer field. Uh, what are you most looking forward to about this morning? Kicking goals. Kicking goals. Has to be kicking goals. It always is, right? Who do you play for in the soccer? Ballerine Sharks. Oh, another Sharks Sharks one. Very good. Is that mum in the background? Yes. What do you got planned for mum today for Mother's Day? Breakfast in bed, surely, and a coffee? <laughs> yep. Yep. Very good. <laughs> Mum sounds happy with that in the background. Very good. <laughs> AJ, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Best of luck with soccer. Thank you. Thanks, AJ. AJ, little Saints fan there. Hopefully the Saints get the win. If you're a Saints fan, are you ready to see Jack Sinclair play his 150th game today at Adelaide Oval against the Crows? A tough match, as always, for the Saints playing at Adelaide against Adelaide. Give us a call, 1-300-736-736. Now, we're going to our segment on SEN. This is Local Legends. Eight points. Eight behinds. So you kicked one goal, two, just in behind. Yeah, I got a goal. Anywhere for you, we'll see you swift again. Hey! We're skinheads and shit. Local legends. Local legends. Finn, I heard you played last night. Tough game. I heard you pulled up a bit sore, though. Yes, yes. Yeah, what'd you do? Um, kid kicked me in the shin. That's incredible. Oscar, what'd you think of the game today? Smoked, drysed up by about 40 points. How do you feel about your own personal performance? Put it all out there on the field, in the midfield. Yeah, I think we did really good, especially Tristan. Yeah. Isaac, tough game for you last night. Personally, what did you think of it? Uh, it was pretty good. Grovedale, dirty. Bill, what do you think of your performance today? Yeah. Tackling like an absolute bull once again this week. It was harder than our other games, a lot harder. Yeah, grading's over, isn't it? It's time to hit the big time. Yeah, a bit more of a challenge. What do you think, Jack? Um, Blake punched a kid on, in the ear last night. Blake, what the... Did he really? Yeah. How'd you find that out? My cousin told me, Charlie. All right, we'll get over here to Lenny. Lenny snagged a goal today. Kid kid almost touched it right on the goal line. What did you think of the game? Good. Good? What do you think of your own performance? Uh, better than last week. All right, Luke, Lukey boy. Snap one, bent it straight around the corner. It was a fantastic goal in the last quarter. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't expect that because I thought, like, uh, you know, who was in forward with me? I don't know. Me? Tristan, I thought he was going to go for a little goal, but then did make the distance, and I just went for a little pick-up. 
No, I couldn't really pick it up properly, so I just like fold up. <laughs> it was a beautiful goal, it truly was. Tristan, what do you think of the game today? Kicked the first goal of the game for Port. Not bad. What do you reckon of the Tigers? Pretty good. Um, the bet catters. Yeah. What do you reckon, Oscar? I hated that game. You hated that game. Why'd you hate it? Because. Are the Tigers bet them? Are the Tigers too good? No. No, they're not too good. We'll really. beat them next time. What do you think of Dusty? Bad. <laughs> Dusty kicked four goals. All right, Bill, what do you think of the Cats last night? Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Well, we're yeah. missing Patrick. Patrick Dangerfield. Yeah, he looked a bit disappointed up there in the coach's box. Yeah. That was local legends. Max, that is some of your finest work. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, the, the brutal honesty <laughs> from some of the kids in that one. Is great, just and and just it's really short. It's how's the game? Not bad. How'd you play? Good. I love it so much, Max. Well done on another local legends segment. We're going to take a quick break here on the Kids Edition. We'll be right back after the break. The Kids Edition. We played a game and then we won it. I kicked it for everyone's legs. Oh, yes, yeah. The Kids Edition with Max Becker and Ellie Blackburn. Yes, that's right. Welcome back to the Kids Edition. It's been a huge weekend in footy, as I've mentioned before, Ali. Now, we've had a couple of callers uh, come through this morning in the last few minutes. We've had Adam and AJ, eight years old and seven years old. We've had a bit of a chat about footy and a bit about soccer. If you're playing any sport this morning or your team's on today, you go for the Saints or the Crows or the Giants or the Pies. There's some big games of footy. Uh, live on SEN and AFL Nation today. Give us a call on one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Ali, I got down to Moorabbin on Friday afternoon and I caught up with Dan Butler, one of the stars of St Kilda. I had a great chat with him um, regarding the game on Sunday, some of their last performances against Port Adelaide and North Melbourne. He said, obviously, the, it wasn't the performances they would have liked. He said it was a little bit sloppy, but they've rectified that. He also said there was a lot of bookwork. He goes in terms of they actually get physical playbooks that they had to study over uh, the last, you know, six months and the six months heading in to preseason and things like that from Ross Lyon. He goes, and all the boys get tested by Ross. He goes, and you get marked on your accuracy and percentage of your test. He goes, so it's pretty much like your schoolwork. You get you get ticks and you get crosses and you get a percentage of how accurate you are. He goes, and it's to figure out all those nuts and bolts and things like that. Yeah, I don't hate that idea by any means. I think it uh, enhances your football IQ and knowledge. I think it's a really important element that sometimes it might get missed as a as a player. You, you just kind of show up and the coach tells you what to do and you're like, yep, 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 no no problems. But to have a, a, a physical book there with all your plays in there and, and then to have to sort of reiterate that back to the coach, I, I actually really like the idea personally. Um, I think it, yeah, and I guess enhances your your football knowledge, IQ, and your ability to understand the the game and the style that you guys want to play. And it it, it forces you into sort of learning what you've got to do, and and rightfully so. I mean, it's your job. You you need to learn how to play the game style you want to want to play. Your coach wants you to play. So I really like the idea from Ross. I've definitely seen it in some of their footages that they've uploaded on the socials with with the players with with the books there. Um, in their meetings and stuff like that, Max. So I, I personally, I think it's a great idea. What do you think? Yeah, I love the idea um, from Lo- Ross Lyon. Dan also said it's, you know, to figure out those nuts and bolts, he goes really tackle down and lock down this game style and gameplay and how they all shuffle on field um, and move one as a group. 
Um, he also said when he first rocked in to Richmond at 18 years old, he had a heap of pr- like interviews and things like that because he was sidelined with, I think it was a hamstring injury heading into the AFL draft combine in 2014. So he had an interview with Richmond. It was himself and 12 other people from the footy clubs. So it was the CEO, the chief operating officer, chief of football, Dimmer Hardwick and a couple of others, right? And he said, I walked in there, he goes, and I got slammed. He goes, mm-hmm. it was brutal. He goes, and I walked out of there. He goes, some of the things they said to me. And so I asked him if you could, you know, explain some of the things that they said. He mm-hmm. said that, he said, they told me that when I don't have the ball, I don't ever look interested in getting the ball and that I'm always, always 100% of the time too fumbly. With the ball. He goes, sir, that was brutal for me. He said, but if uh, he hadn't have had those conversations, he wouldn't be um, where he is today. And he thinks that's a a great point in football. Yeah. (laughs) I I love when players talk about it a couple of years down the track, their their draft combine interviews with with the clubs and sort of the different things that different clubs would do and how they would approach it. It's It's a really interesting process. Um, and, and, then, and then Richmond uh, picked him. He goes, I was shocked. He said he was <laughs> truly in awe. Well, he must have answered the questions well um, <laughs> in response to what they were asking him. So, I mean, he's been a great player, um, Butler, hasn't he? He's still pretty young, so he's still got plenty of footy left in the tank. Um, but he's he's doing wonderful things at the Saints now, um, coming across from the Tigers where, you know, obviously it was really fortunate that he got picked up despite the the brutal interview, but um, he's become a, a, a handy addition um, into the Saints lineup, Max. Yeah, he absolutely has, Dan Butler. If you want to catch more of that chat and the full interview, you can go and look at Sporting Max on wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, everywhere, and you can... Uh, watch it on video. It was a great chat with Dan Butler on the new style and coaching dynamic um, of this group. The young uh, faithful they have at the club in Nazai Wanganee, Malera, Marcus Winhager and Mitch Owens, who are performing consistently across the first nine weeks uh, of this season. Dan also spoke uh, on his leadership capability, and that's one of the most important factors um, and a part of his game he's really trying to develop, to develop across this season. And, and something he's loved, um, Ali trying to lead this young forward line um, and this group, obviously, Anthony Caminiti comes back into the side against Adelaide. But I think one of the dangers for today for St Kilda is Ben Keys. We saw him last week. He wasn't getting fed the ball. He was out in the back a lot. Yeah, he was. Um, he could have kicked 10 goals last week, Ben Keys. Yeah, he, he gets himself into some really good positions. And his work rate's incredible, Ben Keys. For the Crows, the, the, the way he gets up and down the field. And, and then he can take players out of the game or, or, or like sort of, do a run with role. We saw him do a bit of a role on, on Nick Dacos and it wasn't as like a, a full on tag. It was just being mindful of the moments mm-hmm. where Nick Dacos can get really dangerous in a, in a game. And I thought he did an incredible job on him to, to limit his impact. I mean, he still got plenty of the footy and, and played a, a pretty good game, yeah. but <laughs> I mean the, the impact that we've seen him have and produce, um, I thought Ben Keys did it. A really good job. So, yeah, absolutely spot on there, Max. It's something that St Kilda's going to have to be mindful of um, in the game today. And it's always a, a, a hostile crowd over there yep. in Adelaide. So it's going to be a, <laughs> a, a tough performance for them um, heading over there, Max. You girls at the Dogs uh, for the AFLW have a couple of new additions to the group, but also remaining and containing that core group. Yeah, we're able to sort of maintain most of our list, which is a huge achievement for us, obviously, 
the expansion signings and and drafts gone by, um, sign and trade periods gone by. We've we've sort of lost a, a handful of players as we've gone through. I could list a number of players um, in terms of all Australians and captains <laughs> um, at other clubs that sort of came from us initially. So. Um, which is something we're obviously proud of, but you don't want to lose those players. But this season we we were able to keep most of our list, which is a, a great achievement and testament to the club and the people involved um, and to the players and their level of commitment um, going forward as well. But no, we were able to pick up three players. We were able to pick up Dom, who's a crafty uh, speedster, really. She's got so much pace on her. It's um, some of the training sessions that I've done with her already, Max. It's like... You're just quick. You're really quick, and you're going to really <laughs> test out our, out the the speed and um, conditioning for us. It's it's um, going to be a, a great value. We've also added some other girls um, in Maggie and Bree as well, who are going to be some great additions to the side this season. So it's something I'm really looking forward to. We start our preseason in a couple of weeks' time, so it's uh, slowly gearing up for the AFLW players. Max, everyone's sort of in training. They're at the clubs doing the non-compulsory sessions um, that the coaches just so happen to be at uh, for most of the time and um, ready to, to get kick-started ahead of season 2023, Max. So what does pre-season look like for you girls? Is there a camp where you will go away, spend time together and really get this team chemistry going in terms of on-field? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have your, your normal training sessions during the week. It's roughly about four sessions a week. Um, that you're in at the club, and then uh, from there we'll we'll have a pre-season camp. Everyone normally does it. I think some teams might not, uh, but we, we we'll have ours. I think in a couple of months' time, sort of in the middle part of of the pre-season, because it is a three-month pre-season. Yeah. You probably don't want to jump into it straight away from our perspective. So uh, we'll we'll eventually have one, which will be a weekend away somewhere, um, and you'll do a mixture of sort of the team building activities, bit of footy stuff bit of IQ uh, and and then immersing yourself in wherever it is you, you head up to. So if you're individually training yourself, Ali, what does the different fitness components look like for you? Is it pure running or is there a bit of foot skill and things like that in there too? Yeah, it's a mixture of it all. Uh, there's lots of conditioning, lots of running um, at the moment, lots of skills. So you're trying to sort of get your – I guess you're trying to get your muscles used to – kicking a footy yep. at a high intensity again, because otherwise I think in the early parts of preseason, you can see a lot of soft tissues sort of yep. come about because players aren't necessarily used to having high volumes of kicking. So it's something you've got to be mindful of, I think, in the off season. And then a lot of strength training as well. Now's the time to sort of build up the muscle mass and and, and build up the strength that you can have um, within your body and you utilise that uh, throughout the season. It's a It's a really important element. Uh, sort of going into the season and, and maintaining that, I guess, allows uh, a bit of room for buffer in, in terms of an injury prevention point of view, Max. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we can't wait for the AFLW preseason and season <laughs> to kick off in the last week of September. We'll get to a break here on the Kids Edition preview of Sunday's games coming up next. The Kids Edition. We played a game and then we won it. I kicked it for everyone's legs. Oh, Nessie! The Kids Edition. With Max Becker and Ellie Blackburn. This is the Kids Edition. It's great to have your company here on SEN Australia Wide. Ali, it's been great to see kids getting to Auskick and local footy um, over the weekend of sport. It's been great to see kids out in the battles. Great weather yesterday morning for 
junior footy, wasn't it? Yeah, it has been a, a good couple of days for weather-wise for junior footy. I know it was a bit unfortunate during the week. My nephew actually, he had Auskick, I think it was on maybe Monday night, and it was bucketing rain. Oh. So he um, had an absolute rough one with it. He, he called me when he got back home and... He said he he had to almost leave early because it was pouring with rain and like the I think the the people there were just like oh, this is a bit wet bit pointless in the end but I think the kids have lots of fun being able to do it which is absolutely awesome so uh, it's good to see so many kids out there doing Oz kick and and playing junior footy. Um, in the mornings and, and obviously at night times as well. It, it keeps the parents on the toes, particularly on a Sunday morning. So absolutely love it, Max. Saw a couple of interesting celebrations um, over the weekend from a couple of kids when I was down doing uh, local legends. It was great to see a couple of kids doing a double <laughs> cobra, you know, getting their fists out, pumping their fists. They're doing the little Eddie Betts finger point. The celebrations are, I think they're one of the best parts about it. And and I, I think you're starting to see some videos now of kids asking when they bump into AFL players, whether it's at like a clinic or an appearance or whatever it might be, they're asking the players to do certain celebrations mm-hmm. as well. So I, I'm loving that point of view too. And, and the players are, are following through in that regards, but... I mean, it's a, it's a fun element of it. What What's your go-to celebration when you were playing, Max? When I was playing footy, it was probably just throw me hands up. Come on, let's go. <laughs> like, I, I play basketball, so there's not too many real celebrations or, or anything. It's kind of just get back in de- defense, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's a quick but moving it's, game. It's great to see kids getting involved in the celebrations and AFL clubs too, um, especially for the kids in that sense of sport. I went into the Saints and did their photo media day, um, a couple of things for their socials. Great to be there for that. But they had certain, like, goal celebrations that the players had to do. For example, they had to run five metres and celebrate. Yeah, Like, they just kicked a goal. So it was a great thing to see and creating celebrations for for kids to get involved. So we've got the Crows and the Saints at Adelaide Oval at 10 past one today. Matty Hill, Matthew Cox and Josh Jenkins. Plus a Crows Nation call on our SEN app across the SEN network. Who do you think's got that one, Ali? Uh, hopefully the Saints, because we're obviously a Saints supporter. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Collingwood and GWS at the G. Brett Phillips, Man and Cooney. The pies for me in that one, Max. Yeah, same pie. Should get it done by 30 plus. Thanks for joining us on the Kids Edition of Australia One. My name's Max Becker. We'll see you next week.